It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 708 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I am solving marital problems throughout the state this morning. Arguments between husbands and wives of what did Walter say, when to do it. Mike Williams in the WSB Traffic Center came by and said, his wife, Ashley. His wife, Ashley, believes that everything that I say is gospel. And she heard me say that the 15th of September was the time to put out fescue seed. And Mike says, no, 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 it is too hot right now. And she said, no, 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 Walter said, 15th of September, got to get it done this weekend. In this case, I'm on Mike's side. You can wait until it gets a little little cooler, and when the soil gets a little bit more moist, that is better for the seeds to germinate, just like it would be to put off the pre-emergent to control the weed seeds, the annual bluegrass. You can put off the planting of fescue until we get a little cooler and a little bit of rain. A little bit of rain. We need that both times. I mentioned in the last hour that I've been recounting a little bit about our trip to Croatia this past week, or this past two weeks. And if you want to see some pictures of the trip that I took, you can go to Instagram. If you have an Instagram account, it's um, just type in Georgia Gardner, not Walter Reitz, but Georgia Gardner. And you can see the pictures that I took. And there are a lot of interesting things that I took, not just of flowers, but a lot of windows, signs. Signs are particularly funny. A kangaroo fountain in which you push a button on the paw of the kangaroo and water dribbles out of his mouth, which is the weirdest little fountain I've ever seen in my life. But you can see all these things on Instagram if you have an Instagram account, or you can sign up for Instagram and get it that way, too. Again, look for Georgia Gardner, not for Walter Reeves. Christopher, our phone number, by the way, 404-872-0750. Christopher in Virginia Highlands joins us. Hey, Christopher, good morning. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, hey, Walter, my question is, I've got a bunch of trees in pots. i got a blood good. i got a sawtooth oak. I've got a silver maple. And there's one I'm forgetting, but um, they're all getting beat up with a fungus. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, I've got Dacanil, um, but what's my best like schedule to like defeat this? Like, so for next year, so like, uh, cause the season's ruined now. These yeah. guys all look a fright. So when you say beat up, what do you mean by beat up? What's the symptoms? Well, the, the, the black, the blood good is kind of all the, most of the leaves are all shriveled up and just, Ooh dodgy and yeah. i've been clipping them off and then the silver maple the same thing they look different so the silver maple has like that little black dot i guess it kind of maybe goes yellow in the middle yeah um and then the fig tree next to it which is in the ground that's 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 dismal now too but wow. um then the sawtooth oak and then the pin oak it looks like somebody has dipped the leaf into you know, some kind of acidic solution because half the leaf has gone crispy brown. Huh. You said these yeah. are in pots now, Christopher. Is that right? Big pots, little pots? How big are the pots? It's just a, the little pin oak is kind of like a bonsai thing. It's in a tiny little pot, but um, oh. I mean, too small. Like so, so next year I'll probably transplant that. But it's got a cool vibe just because it looks so bonsai <laughs> and cute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then the Japanese maple, the silver maple. And the sawtooth oak are all in like 
sizable pots. I would say, you know, I don't know the gallon thing on it, but it's you how, know, they, how the, wide the are they? How wide is the top of the pot? Uh, at least a foot. Least a foot. I think that's all. I think your whole dodginess, as you describe it, yeah. is related to the size of the pot. That's not quite big enough for even even as a bonsai. Even as a bonsai, if you were trimming the roots and trimming the top to make a bonsai tree, maybe a foot wide pot would be okay. But as you know, silver maple and and the oaks and things like that would prefer to be in the ground. That's where they would prefer to be because during the summertime when the pot soil gets hot, then the roots shut down. And that would explain the scorching around the edges where you say half of it's sort of crispy brown. That Mm -hmm. is, to me, a water problem, not a disease problem. You're not getting water out to the leaves properly. And that is, I think, related to how big the pot is. Okay. Um, okay. So that's cool. No sweat. I'll switch. I'll you know increase the size of the pots. But I'm on top of the watering like every other morning. I'm doing this, and then the silver maple. Like it really looks like it has a fungus. Is there any chance it might be a fungus also? Because the fig tree next door to it has just been is just it's gone. This the, season's over. The, the dots on the silver maple could be anthracnose. This is a totally. disease that gets on silver maples. It could be that dacanil should control it, but the schedule for it would be start back when you first see the dots back in May would be my guess is when you see them. Uh-huh. And now like you say, it sort of lasts the season not much can be done right now. Right, totally. Okay, so let's say I'll do the pots, but just to be on the safe side, what's a good schedule? Should I, you know, you know, do a neem solution inside the new dirt next, you know, because I'll wait until, what's the best time to repot these babies, uh, would you say? When the, when the leaves are all falling off, so October, November. Okay, copy that. Yeah. Okay, so the, and is there, um, so maybe like when the new leaves, you know, maybe what is it, March 30th yeah, when or April, Yeah, early April when the new leaves start coming. You can put dacanil on then. And I would do dacanil every three weeks, and you should get it under control with three weeks schedule with dacanil. Okay. And then what about the ground underneath? Like I'm in an apartment, and I'm, yeah. I may move, but what happens about the ground underneath these pots? Is there, like, just rake it? Is there any way? Should I spray the ground? No, I don't think you can do anything about diseases or fungi in the ground. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Okay, and is is a neem a, like a, a like a neem solution when you pour it into the potted soil? Would that also help? Anything? Probably not. I don't think that's not. going to do any anything for you. No. Okay, copy that. So just dacanil every so often on the leaves. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Get that cool vibe. I like that, Christopher, when you said you wanted to keep that cool vibe in Virginia Highlands. <laughs> that's what everybody wants in Virginia Highlands. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thank right. you, man. Stick with it, Christopher. We'll see you soon, man. Thanks <clears throat> Thanks for calling. Susan is in Kennesaw and joins us. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a quick question for you. All right. Um, my parents, or my last parent, passed away last year. Uh-huh. And in, in getting ready to sell their house, they had some really pretty irises that I wanted to dig up and bring to my house. Um, the problem is, so I dug them up and put them in pots. The problem is that they had a prolific clover issue in their flower bed. So I've brought these irises to my house, and they're in the pot. Yeah. Um, how, however, um, even though they didn't have the clover with them when I brought them, now the pots are full of clover. I, so I want to know how can I get rid of the clover before I transplant those irises into my yard 
so that I don't have clover filled flower bed. Generally, I think it's pretty easy to inspect the iris roots and just sort of brush them real strongly with your fingers, not with a brush or anything like that, but just with your fingers and brush off all the dirt on the roots, which will make sure you don't have many clover seed. I wouldn't think you'd have many clover seed at all left on there. And the little nutlets that clover grows from, they'll be mostly washed off or brushed off with your fingers. I would simply okay. just clean the roots, maybe put them in water and swish them around in the water a little bit to get all the dirt completely off. I think that'll be fine. Okay. That would be great. Yeah, I just don't easy. want to spread the problem. Yeah, and then be very, because you're very conscious about the, the clover things going, the weeds going up around the iris, just be very conscious as the iris start growing over the next two or three or four months. If you see any clover, immediately pluck it up. Don't let it get go to seed. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you. All right. Good talking to you, Susan. Uh huh. Have a good day. You bet. We got John in Flowery Branch. Hey, John. Good morning. Oh, Walter. Hey, John. Earlier this year, we talked about black spot on tomatoes. Yeah. And I took your advice and sprayed my uh, cages with uh, uh, bleach. Okay. And then after that, uh, when I planted my tomatoes for the first time, I mulched them good with pine straw. I've never done that before. Okay. And then after the tomatoes got kind of established, I sprayed them with Dacanol four or five times. Didn't have any black spot, but I went ahead and did that. And I had very little black spot. I don't know if I was just lucky for this year or if that really worked. But it was uh, it was you, John. It was a good clean living and Dacanil (laughs) did the whole job. But that really worked for me, and it worked good enough. And I'm still getting tomatoes. Good. Good job. Uh, my question is, on Indian hawthorn, uh, does it keep growing or does it reach a certain stage and just stop? Uh, the latter. It'll reach a certain stage. Different varieties, of course, of different sizes, but eh, two to three feet is the usual range on Indian hawthorn. Okay, I've got some about six feet wide and about five feet tall. Lord help us. What have you got? I don't know. All right. So the I question. I planted it so long ago. I don't remember what brand, what what it was, but uh, but it's it looks like it's you know it's, I don't want it any bigger, but yeah. it looks like it's about stopped growing, and I just wanted to know should I trim it or will it just stop? I would say it's going to stop. If it's, if you're comfortable with the height that it is right now, I think it'll stop. Indian hawthorn usually does not get that tall. Usually, as I say, the ornamental varieties are. Clara and Eleanor and all the girl-named <clears throat> Indian hawthorn tend to be about two or three or four feet high. So yours okay. is one of the big ones, I guess, but <clears throat> I still think it's going to limit its own height. Now, if I wanted to trim it back a little bit, when should I do that? A little bit right now, a lot in March. Okay, great. Right. Okay, thank you. John, it's great talking to you. It's 718. We will be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB. Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. The rain is falling through the mist of sorrow that surrounded me. The sun. Don't forget that our show this morning is shortened because of the University of Georgia football game, the Arkansas State Red Devils. The pregame show starts at 8 o'clock this morning. And so the Lawn and Garden will only go to 8 o'clock. Get your questions in now, 404-872-0750. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly cloudy today. Scattered storms. Thank goodness. High of 89, low of 72. Tomorrow about the same. High of 89, low of 72. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And Betsy in Marietta joins us. Hey, Betsy. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi, Betsy. I have a spruce tree that has just died within two weeks. Hmm. Um, and now it's dropped every needle. It's like 27 years old, well-established. And um, now a rose near it is uh, first the leaves, some of the leaves turn brown, and now the stems are turning black. Hmm. Could that be related, and what do you think caused Probably that? not. They're so far distant from each other, being kin to each other, not any close kin to each other at all. The spruce got too dry, mm. or it got too hot or too dry, one to the other, but both of them were environmental in nature, and that's why it dropped the deals, and it is dead now. Okay, even though I irrigated it at least twice a week. How, how long have you had it in the ground, Betsy? 27 years. Eventually, Spruce decides, you know, Georgia was a great place to to visit, but I wouldn't want to stay here. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. Yeah. Okay, so you think it just, it's time was up. Yeah, it's time was up. That's exactly right. Well, the rose, you know, roses commonly get a disease called black spot on the needles, and on the leaves, I mean. And so it's possible that the rose had that. There are a couple of cankers that caused the stems to turn black, but my bet would be on black spot because it's just so common on roses. Okay, well, I know black spot, but this doesn't really look like black spot. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds. So to describe it again, let me get one more description from okay. you. Just, just very quickly, uh, on certain stems, the leaves turn brown, and now the stems themselves are turning black. You know, check what I think I would do, Betsy, just for the checking of it. Go and dig into the soil once your irrigation cycle is over. Make sure it is getting watered because sometimes irrigation systems just don't reach certain corners, certain places in a, in a landscape. It's possible that the water just not getting to it. It's getting dried out, too, just like the spruce. Possibly that. It's 728. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in the landscape or whatever you'd rather not do in the landscape. I mentioned Mike Shields a minute ago. He and his wife, Ashley, are having a little discussion of what Walter really said of what Walter will really allow in planting, in planting fescue. If you have a marital question, my number is 404-872-0750. And, of course, every Saturday morning at 8.35, we talk to Mickey Gasblay today because the show is shortened for the Arkansas State football game. We will be talking to Mickey right now. Hi, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you're back. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you so much for taking my place on the show while I was gone, Mickey. Thank you so well, much. we really missed you. Did you behave yourself? 
You know, you have to ask other people on the trip. <laughs> we really did miss you. I'm glad I will you had say fun. that Slivovitz, Slivovitz is the uh, national drink of Croatia. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Well, I want to hear all about the bees later on because, you know, I'm a beekeeper yeah, and no. I was fascinated by that. Honey, so. do, honey. That's, uh, we've got to find more, more about that. Well, Mickey, yeah. one of the first things we need to talk about is how you Absolutely. can make more friends in Pike Nursery because this is the hiring season for their winter, fall and winter uh, season, sale season, and they're hiring right now. Yes, they are. So you can do your applications anywhere. Everybody's got an application. So come in and, and fill one out. We would love to have you. And I saw the little sign that said, get hired on the spot. Be offered a job <laughs> on the spot. So if you like working with plants, if you like working with smart people, if you like serving people who want to know more about plants, Pipe would be a great place to learn. And they're doing some job Fairs at certain stores, but I'm not yeah. sure which ones they are, so they can go online and find okay. out which one those Good are. Deal. Well, Mickey, your usual task on Saturday morning is to announce what is the Saturday Pike Pick of the Weekend. So what is our announcement for this weekend? Can I do one thing yes, first? Yes, you can. Uh, and that is um, to announce that next week is the Cool Season Vegetable. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you've mentioned that or not, but that's at all the classes, all the stores, and it's every. So it's cool season vegetables. That's a fun class. And it's time okay. to think about that right now. All right. Okay. And the Pikes pick for the week is crotons. And crotons are one of those great plants that just <laughs> has never been, I think, recognized for what a great fall plant it is. I know. I love, I have one on my front porch every year. It looks great with the mums and yeah. the pansies yeah. and everything. It's the perfect colors. It's all the fall colors. It is. Love it's them. red, orange, uh, sort of mm -hmm. a yellowish color. It's a great plant. Yeah, it's pretty. And then if you want to, you can bring it inside. It can be a house. It's, sure. a, it's a tropical, so sure. it can't stay out all winter. But I've kept mine out until December. You know, just bringing it in for one day and then putting it back out. And they've been great. So, But you can bring them in and use them as a house plant. Sure you can. So, and they're easy to grow. They don't have any mm -hmm. big problems. They don't get diseases or root rot or things like that. Just water them occasionally, a little fertilizer here and there. And crotus can look gorgeous. Absolutely. So they're on sale, 20% off all Pike Nursery stores throughout the weekend, today and tomorrow. Just be sure and tell the cashier this is what the Pike Pick is, according to Mickey Gasway, and she will give you or he will give you the 20% off. You got it. So one of the other things we need to talk about is pre-emergence oh. and fescue seed, because I've gotten several questions this morning about pre-emergence. <laughs> what does Pike sell? What is the specific uh, products that Pike sells? Is it halts or is there a Pike? No. No, I'm trying to remember. Why did you tell me that before? I can't remember the name of it. Um, but we've got our pikes pre-emergent. It's in the blue bag. Yeah, yeah. And it just says crabgrass preventer, but it does that's everything it. in you your got, grass. That's exactly right. It's, a it's crab in the blue bag. I knew, I knew it had a name that was not <laughs> halts, but it's crabgrass preventer. Exactly. So that's the stuff about pike. And it works. It works really good. I don't have any winter weeds. And I, well, I didn't have any summer weeds. Um, <laughs> because you use a pre really, twice a year. Good I do. That's exactly right. And it really, really works. But I think timing is everything. Yeah. And I have this morning mentioned a couple of times that I think you can push the application date back a little bit into later September yeah. if you want to. It's just too dry right now for anything to germinate, including fescue seed and including the weed seeds of the wintertime, too. So you could get by with pushing I it back to the third week. It's supposed to be like 70 degrees, two inches down in the yeah, soil or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. 
and I looked the other day, and it was 92. Oh, it's, it's It was hot, 92 degrees, two inches blue down. Right so I yeah. think you could wait until. That's what I'm telling everybody, like the 1st of October. I yeah. think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. We have a little wisdom going in here, a little common sense going in to, to figure out exactly what you should do and when you should do it as well. Right. So, Mickey, if you want to find out first where the hiring fairs are going to be, second, where is your local Pike Nursery so you can go by and apply for a job at Pike Nursery, third, where you can find the local location so you can find out where the Crotons are on sale for 20% off, where would you go? PikeNursery.com. And don't forget the cool season vegetable class this coming week. Go to PikeNursery.com and get the details there. Thank you. It's a great pleasure talking to you. I'll see you next Saturday, Mickey. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you then. We've got uh, da -da 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 Arthur and Alpharetta joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Arthur, good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey. I love plants that bloom in the winter. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love camellias. Um, most of us are sanguis, um, but the proper time to fertilize them is right after they bloom. Yeah. But uh, I missed that time, so... Can I fertilize? Uh, I've got one called uh, Yuletide. It blooms in December. Beautiful and I've got plant. one called Hermes. It blooms uh, middle of December to the middle of April. Okay. So when can I fertilize them to help the buds expand and bloom? I think the general rule of thumb, just for any shrub, any flower even, is when it's about to go into its most vigorous growth cycle. And so for both of those, whether it's a Sasanqua or a Japonica camellia, the biggest growth cycle is in the spring. So the fertilizer put out in March or April, and I think they'll be fine. But, but if I miss those times, would not, now not be a uh, proper time to do it? I'll do it lightly now, and the reason being lightly. that I don't okay. want to put any new growth on the plant. With fertilizer, you stimulate new growth. And so if you okay. put new growth on the plant now, it's possible for it to get a little winter burn on it. So lightly would be fine. A heavy application, probably not. Right. Very good. Thanks so much. Nothing to it, Arthur. Appreciate Thanks for calling. Right. Thank you. Charles is up in Canton. Charles joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charles, good morning. Hey, Walter. Good morning. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. What's going on? My wife uh, spent a weekend with her mom. She came home with a uh, plant that she got at a natural uh, uh, plant place, yeah. and uh, she said it was called Antebellum Hydrangea. Mm. So uh, this uh, plant sat in a pot beside the house for a couple of three weeks. It didn't die, so I said, I better go plant it. <laughs> and when I picked the pot up off the ground, the roots had done grown through the bottom of the pot. Oh, that's an aggressive <laughs> plant. What, what yes. is it really? The antebellum hydrangea. That doesn't ring a bell for me. What is it? Plant snap says it's rose glory bower. Oh, clerodendron. Oh, yeah. Woo. I call I call it devil weed. It will go, 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 go. You can't and stop that, it. Yeah, I have uh, nightmares of uh, agricultural black ops people rappelling out of helicopters to come in and destroy it. <laughs> the flower is is pretty, Charles. You have to admit that pink flower on the clerodendron is really pretty. But yeah, boy, and boy, the stems, it's hard the stems to stop. Is very, the stems is very woody, so... It, it, it's a nice plant. Hummingbirds, the butterflies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody likes it except me. We planted it in a narrow uh, uh, flower bed. It's about three foot wide and probably about 20 foot long. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's turf on each side. And so it's been there for five years. And uh, while I'm mowing grass, I see little sprouts coming up yeah, through sure. my turf. 
So I keep uh, pulling those up. Yeah. How aggressive is that? If I keep these, I, I've only seen this probably going out about maybe 10 or 15 feet. If I keep that pulled up, will that be as far as it reaches? Or yeah, really? I think so, Charles. As long as you're pulling up the sprouts that come up in the yard, in the lawn, they won't be able to spread any further without some leaf on them, some some leaf tissue um, above the ground. And you're pulling them up and mowing them down, too, regularly. So I do not think they're going to go any further than where they are. Well, there's, you know, there's some forest on each side, and I'm just, uh, you know, there's probably been some old uh, cattle rancher somewhere died trying to keep the stuff out of his pasture. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is a, one of those truth plants that is really attractive when you buy it or when you see it in bloom, but it can turn on you in a heartbeat. And the only place I think I really could ever recommend that somebody plant would be in a strip alongside a garage or something that is bounded on three or four sides by concrete or by something where you just can't go, where the uh, rhizomes can't spread. Right. Clarodendron is is an interesting, beautiful plant, and I love the name, Antique Hydrangea. That is a really great name for it, Charles. Well, yeah, so as long as I keep this stuff uh, uh, mowed down and pulled out, it shouldn't... uh, uh spread any further than where I've got it controlled. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that it's not going to spread, but Charles, if it does, give me a buzz. Let me know. Well, all right. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You'll be my lookout for that clarodendron. If you want to look it up, there are actually two kinds of clarodendron. One is called the peanut butter plant because when you squish the leaves, it smells like peanut butter. The other one is called red, white, and blue plant because at one time or another during the year, there will be red, white, and blue berries and petals on the flowers. And it's really an interesting, again, looking plant. But man, oh man, will they go. We've got Debbie in Stonecrest, Georgia, or Stonecrest, DeKalb County. Hey, Debbie, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I have a flower bed um, full of anemones mm-hmm. that blooms beautiful for the last two years and this year they're turning bronze and dying hmm. and I, I can't I can't find any bugs but when I pull the if I pull one stem out it's white at the roots oh. now when we talk about anemone Debbie are you talking about the Japanese anemone that's blooming right uh-huh. now or the windflower right. that blooms in the spring so Japanese so, anemone right now uh, southern blight sounds like a good guess from my point. The white stuff at the bottom of the stem is what southern southern blight looks like, and okay. that's my guess. That's what you have. And the way to prevent it is simply to pull the plants up and try to keep it as dry as you can in the winter and spring. And theoretically, if you just keep it dry, keep the soil dry, it will not be a problem, won't continue to be a problem. Okay. So I just need to pull out everything that that doesn't look good. Yeah, exactly. Pull it out, dispose of it, don't put it on a compost pile where it would be reintroduced into the landscape, and keep okay. it dry. Because southern blight seems to be very you know, very common on wet soils, and you want to keep it dry as you can. So I was really confused because it's been so dry. But Yeah, well, okay. I have a little patch that's not looking so good myself, and I'm going to go home and look at mine, Debbie, and see why mine is looking not so good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Walter. Drive safely, my friend. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Debbie. Uh Bye-bye. It's 748 on a Saturday morning. We'll be back after this.
It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit there are things throughout your life that you remember where you were exactly when something happened. When Kennedy was shot, of course, when the Challenger explosion happened, when people walked from the moon, of course, and raindrops keep falling on my head. What a great date that was. I'm not going to tell you who it was with. I'm not going to tell you where we went, but I will say it was a wonderful time that day. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Partly cloudy, scattered storms today, thank goodness. High of 89, low of 72. Tomorrow, pretty much the same. Again, high of 89, low of 72. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And at 7.55, we've got Jerry in Cartersville joining us. Hi, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. What's up? Okay. I've got uh, about um, three acres of uh, dogwoods that I've inherited from my father. Wow. And uh, he's kept them up beautiful. I mean, when you go over them in an airplane, or uh, which I have a time or two, uh, it looks like looking down at a cloud. Huh. And um, But now that they're gone and I haven't done anything to the yard or woods and uh they're starting to die and i uh, have limbs falling off of them stuff and i know they're all connected by root system and so uh i was trying to figure out what what should i do how uh, long have, how long have they been planted jerry do what how long have they been planted in this area oh gosh uh, it's been I'm gonna say when God was here. <laughs> I mean, they, they they've always been here as far as I, it's gonna be back sixty years at least. Wow! Because I'm Jerry, in my seventies. Let me go quickly here to tell you that I think that what's going on is dogwoods are more than probably any other tree likely to accumulate stress. Is what's happening Ooh. to them. They accumulate stressors that happen whether it gets dry one year, or it gets cold another year. And the dogwood just accumulates all these things that happen to them. And after about 25 or 30 years, most dogwoods are on the decline. So if you've had them for 60 years, you've had them longer than I would expect. And I think you may just be running into just natural forces that are going to cause the dogwoods to continue to decline. Well, no fault I sure would hate that. <laughs> yeah, I do too, because I like the, the, the picture of the cloud from above. But it's no fault of yours. It's simply that dogwoods are just that way. They have a general lifespan of about 25 or 30 years, maybe. And they don't go much further than that. Well, I know that they were all connected by their roots. Um, and uh, because I've cut into them several yeah. times. Yeah, they can another yard work. Sure. But in other words, what I was wondering, maybe, was could maybe I cut the root system, separate them, and maybe... Mm. Uh, invigorate the roots to put out more uh, trees. I mean, you know... Jerry, I, come, try it if you want to. I was wondering. I'm not, I'm not going to bet on your side at all because I just don't think that's going to happen. Rejuvenating a dogwood is going to be a tough thing to do. I don't think it's possible to do on more than one or two. And you've got dozens, it sounds like, maybe even a hundred out there. I just don't think rejuvenating is going to be possible. But maybe. Try it. Let me know. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. It's been a great Saturday morning. Thanks to Ashley Frasca, to Justin Ove. We really appreciate your hard work this morning. 
And we'll see you next Saturday morning for another edition of, you guessed it, Ball and Garden. See you then.